Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about SEO, how you can get high results uh, to rank your website on Google, especially you can outrank a billion dollar companies. So I'm so excited to discuss the topic with Damon Barton. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks, Anatoly. I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting. Yeah, nice, nice. I often see your content uh, on LinkedIn. You are super active uh, on the social media. I don't know about other social media, but on LinkedIn, yeah, you always on my feed. Uh, before we start, <laughs> yeah. before we start, just tell more about your experience, background, uh, and why you decided to take this topic. Yeah, so my background, I started an SEO agency in 2007. So I've had um, SEO National for 15 years. I've also been married 15 years. Um, been featured in all sorts of places, wrote a best-selling book, um, have three kids, and that's uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for interruption, uh, some sound not good, you know, uh, I don't know, it's like you, you're touching your microphone. I don't know, let's see, here, let's try and turn off uh, some settings on here, let's see. Uh -huh. Yeah, okay. because before the live stream, that was good, uh, right now I can hear some noise, you know. Microphone. Oh, right now it's okay. Yeah. What about now? Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. Good? nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Same yeah. mic. I just turned it off and back on. So StreamYard was just hating on us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got it. So my background is I started an SEO agency in 2007. So I've owned SEO National for 15 years, have a team of about 60. Um, also been married for 15 years and have three kids. So that's kind of the short answer. And I'm sure we'll go into the longer answer as we talk. Yeah. Yeah, good, good. Uh, you unite SEO with your family. <laughs> Interesting yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you have the same journey. Uh, can you share uh, why you decided to uh, to start uh, this SEO journey? Why uh, not di other digital marketing channels? Why mm -hmm. SEO? Yeah, so my background was originally design, web design. And then I had a design client who asked me, what do I know about Google? And so I told them I know enough that I could probably help them, but I don't know enough that I feel comfortable charging them, but I also don't wanna work for free. So what I mm -hmm. offered was to make a deal where I said, I will optimize your website and don't pay me anything unless we hit these goals. And then mm -hmm. if we hit these goals, then you owe me retroactively and we start a retainer. And so I ended up hitting their goals. Um, I think if I remember right, it was just in about six weeks. I mean, this was a long time ago and I enjoyed the process. And so then I offered the same opportunity to another client, a design client. I said that we, I said, client number two, you know, client number one, because they introduced us, but here's what we just did with them. And we've had good success and I'd like to offer the same thing to you. And so, you know, they couldn't lose because I wasn't going to charge them anything. And if it worked, then they, they showed up higher on Google and made more money. And so that worked well for both of them. And then at that moment, I decided I wanted to pursue SEO. And very early on, I decided that I didn't want to be an agency that offered 100 things and was just okay, but not really mm -hmm. good at, at all of them. And so I, I stuck to SEO. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. I think focusing, uh, yeah, is important thing in SEO. Uh, and you know, uh, when I check out some uh, job requirements on LinkedIn, I can see that companies are looking for specialists who can do 
anything, you know, web, mm-hmm. website uh, development, design, copywriting, content creation, optimization. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell more about uh, priorities in SEO? For example, I usually in my agency that we have in Ukraine, uh, we usually uh, uh, find specialists in different directions. For example, someone is good with link building, with mm-hmm. some uh, specific link building techniques. Others can uh, optimize content with mm-hmm. technical SEO. Uh, can you tell more about uh, uh, priorities in SEO and uh, your thoughts about uh, uh, how to find uh, priorities with limited resources? So priorities as as running an SEO agency? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so we do this kind of the same thing that you said. We try to hire based on... We have this noise again. I don't know what was that. <laughs> I don't know. Nothing's changed. I mean, here, let's see. I can switch to, to be off of this cat and this mic. It's going to be any better. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Right now it's okay. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave it there. Um, let me know if it's any better or worse. Um, yeah. So we hire for one skill set. So each person, we, we only look for them to be good at one thing and not multiple things. So a lot of people will call that a unicorn. Like we don't hire unicorns that do a lot of things. So when we're looking for somebody that does development, then we find somebody that does only development. If we're looking for a copywriter, we find somebody Mm -hmm. that does only copywriting. Now, um, when I hire, I try to align based on their personal interests and based on their willingness to be part of a team. So here's something important to think about for business owners. There's, There's a million people that do web design. There's a million people that do copywriting. There's a million people that do coding. But you can't find a million people that do design coding or copywriting that are good people. Mm -hmm. So I I hire based on work ethic and and loyalty and transparency and honesty first. Because you you can't really train personality, but you can train skills. So if you find a good personality, then you can train later. Uh, And then I try to give them responsibilities that they enjoy. So a good example is one of our designers. He's been with us for, for 15 years. And we, we started to realize that he had other interests. And so we asked him and he, he wants to do less design and more code. And so now we're supporting him. And, and so we're saying, you know, here's some courses you can take, here's some opportunities you can take, because then that creates loyalty. And then they're more interested in supporting the company. And so we try to hire based on um, personal preferences more than what they've always done, because maybe they've always done something, but it doesn't mean they like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, when uh, I decided to, uh, you know, uh, uh, to jump with your topic, how to rank a billion do- dollar company, uh, mm-hmm. I remember when I got the client uh, five years ago, that was, and um, uh, he asked me, please uh, help to outrank weight loss uh, companies, you know, mm-hmm. I check out these companies, uh, many of them uh, yeah, cost more than a billion dollars. Uh, some mm-hmm. of them, ten billion dollars. And uh, what we've done, uh, we found the right strategy. We didn't try to compete with them. We found uh, topics that they usually ignore, uh, yeah. and uh, jump with that. Can you tell how to craft the right strategy today? For example, uh, it's not good idea trying to uh, achieve high results with the topic. I don't know keywords weight loss. Yeah, because uh, you probably will compete with uh, many big popular websites. How, how to find the right strategy today and compete with uh, big companies? Yeah, so I'll, g- I'll give you two stories. So one story mm-hmm. was from about 2006, and this is right before I started my company. Um, my wife was watching um, the, the Bachelor, so it's a big show that's on ABC Network, and ABC is a billion-dollar company. 
And what, what had happened is my wife asked me, she said, hey, it's the season finale. Will you come spend some time with me and watch the show? And so I was watching the show. And from what I remembered from season finales before, they would end the show and then they would say, come back in a couple months and we'll tell you who the new Bachelor is. But this year, they didn't do that. This year, they told you who the next Bachelor was going to be. So I got curious and started trying to, I started wondering what the marketing idea was behind that. Why, why this year did they say who the new bachelor was going to be? And in the years, they years before they didn't. And so I went and looked up this guy's name and I couldn't really find a lot of information about him. And so I got thinking if I'm not that interested and I'm already spending this much time researching this person, just imagine how much more interest there is on the the fans that really watch this show. So I told my wife, I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in the other room for an hour or two and build a website. And so I went and found as much information as I could about this guy, pictures that I could find and organize them. Because all the other websites I could find had thin content or low on pictures or they were disorganized. So now I created a single place with organized information and organized pictures. And within days, that website outranked a billion dollar company, ABC. Now, the reason why I tell you that story is because that website was successful because I solved a problem. And just mm -hmm. like you were saying, you figure out what types of topics to write about that answer problems. And so now we use the same thing. Now that I have an agency, we take that same concept, but we have a, we have a strategic process now. But the second story I'll share is answers the same thing. But one example of what we do is when we have a new client, we're figuring out what is the content strategy? How are we gonna rank these words? What types of topics can we write about to show search engines that this website is valuable for that, to solve that problem and answer that question? We go through a bunch of different tools. One of the tools that is, that is free that the audience can use is called answerthepublic.com. And so if you go to answer the public, you can type in one of the words you want to rank for or write a topic about. And what it will do is it'll tell you what people are already asking search engines. So this is your customers telling you what their problem is, and then you can figure out how to solve it by writing about it. Or it'll tell you, you know, maybe questions are asking about your brand or your competitor's brand. So then you can go improve your product or figure out how to answer these questions. So the second story that's funny is when we were working on an account for the Utah Jazz team store. So it's an NBA team and they sell jerseys and hats and merchandise. And we had to figure out what types of content we were going to write for one of their Hall of Fame players, Carl Malone. And when we were going through Answer the Public and other websites to find out what customers are asking, a topic that customers kept asking search engines is how did Carl Malone die? But Carl Malone is not dead. And so then that's your opportunity to help solve a problem for your audience. And so you write a top, maybe in this example, we say, here's the top 10 myths of how Carl Malone died. Now back to your original question, the way, the reason why that's so valuable is because now you're solving a problem for your audience and you rank quickly on search engines because nobody else is talking about this because Carl Malone is not dead. So if you're very strategic about the topics you write about, you can rank quickly and get customers faster. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got it. Uh, but can you tell how to measure uh, what kind of results we can get? For example, uh, okay, uh, I found that we have a lack of quality content uh, online. But how do I know that people are looking for this content? Uh, because answer the public, they usually share uh, 
questions without volume, yeah, we don't know exactly what kind of results we can get. Probably in pro version we can, I don't know. Uh, but um, uh, for example, if I found a list of questions, uh, how do I know that uh, if I create high quality content, spend time with that, uh, I can get results, I mean like traffic, because it's not only about ranking positions. Stop caring about volume. Mm -hmm. Because would you rather have one in 10 people convert or one in a thousand people convert? It's mm -hmm. more important to focus on attracting the right customer instead of thousands of the wrong customers. So I don't care about volume. Now, that's not to say I completely ignore it, but Answer the Public will give you some volume. And then, you know, Google's keyword planner will give you some volume, but all the volume sucks. All of it sucks. So like if you look at, at the keyword planner volume, um, that data has become less useful over the years. So about 10 years ago, Google stopped giving keyword volume data and analytics. But then you can go look at in keyword planner, which is for paid ads. But now that data is getting worse, too, because now Google will give you more accurate results based on how much money you spend on ads. So if you go into Keyword Planner and you type in ABC, you know, a sample keyword, and you don't have an ad account that's spending a lot of money, then it might tell you ABC gets 100 to 1 million searches per month. That is a worthless number because it is so big. But if you spend more money on paid ads, then it might tell you it gets 100,000 to 1 million results. That is still a massive number that doesn't very clearly tell you. But even if mm -hmm. you knew the exact number, why does it matter? Because that doesn't tell you if it's the right buyer. I would rather have words with lower volume that tell me more accurately that person needs my product. So I don't even care about volume. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Yeah, uh, I need to think about that more time. Uh, okay, let's talk uh, about... Um... Creating talk content, for example, I found a content plan. Uh, I check out answer the public font, a list of questions, uh, good questions. How to group them? Uh, because uh, uh, sometimes it's not a good idea to uh, to reply uh, uh, to each question with a new piece of content. Uh, we need to unite some of them to one groups uh, of questions because uh, uh, Google. Uh, uh, how to find this balance? I mean, like with grouping uh, a list of keywords and uh, or a list of questions. What do you think about that? Well, you can prioritize it based on um, you know either what your product best helps with, mm -hmm. or which types of topics give you a bigger profit margin. So you could prioritize based on um, which ones make you more money or which ones attract more people. Mm -hmm. And so it, I would just focus on where you can provide the most value because we, we got we to gotta stop playing the SEO game where we're just trying to manipulate the results. And if you give value first, then you, then you rank quicker and attract a better customer. So I don't really focus on, um, you know, I look at the data and I try to remove the emotions and figure out and try to find the balance between, okay, where's the most opportunity, but where can I help most authentically? And then and try and find that balance. And so a lot of times that means the topics that have less searches, but I can make a bigger impact quicker on a more specific, smaller audience. So there's not really a right answer. There, there's not a specific answer. It's going to depend on what industry you're in. It's going to depend on what type of what type of questions your customers are asking. 
It's going to depend on what problems you can solve. It's going to depend on how long your product takes to solve those problems. You know, maybe I'll give you an example for, for my industry. So the last thing I want to rank for is SEO. Mm -hmm. So I own an SEO agency and I do not want to rank for SEO because if I were to rank for SEO, that is going to bring more disqualified leads than it will bring me good qualified leads. Me and my team would waste so much time on the phone and answering emails for questions about customers that have a problem that I don't solve or don't want to solve. And so for me, it's a balance of, you know, I, I have an interesting, I have an interesting balance because my agency helps big businesses, but where I spend my time on social media is probably helping the smaller guys but the smaller guys are horrible clients for my agency. Mm -hmm. But that's where I enjoy my time. That's where I enjoy is helping people solve problems and learn SEO. But then what happens is it's a great balance because now even though I don't directly target my agency clients, I indirectly attract them because now I become an expert. Just like you said at the beginning, you see my stuff on LinkedIn all the time. So then other people see my stuff on LinkedIn all the time and those other people tell their bosses or those other people tell their entrepreneur friends. So now I get a, now I get two benefits. One benefit is I feel rewarded because I help a lot of people. And then by rewarding people, they return the favor and send me leads. So it's just a balance of where you want to spend your time or where you can make the biggest impact. And I know it kind of sounds cliche, but um, the more you give, then the more you receive. And I just posted about this on Facebook today that the most valuable form of marketing for my agency has been giving away stuff for free. So I will answer any question you have about SEO because there's, in my mind, there's three types of content consumers. So the first content consumer is going to take my advice, not sign up as a customer and go do it on their own. And that's okay because they were never my customer anyway. And now I helped them and helping somebody is rewarding. The second type of content consumer is somebody that, doesn't need my service now, but maybe they will later, or they know somebody that does and they'll send a referral. Or the third type of content consumer is the person that needs my service now and then they sign up. So I don't care to give away every single answer to every single question that I can solve for anybody. So I don't know if that answered it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, good, it's interesting about that. Uh, yeah, I agree. Focusing is the best thing, you know, even today. Okay, uh, we have the question about AI. Uh, what are your thoughts of future of SEO? AI will be or not? Um, so this is a question I get asked a lot, and it's going to depend on. Um, so I get I get asked this in different ways, but it's usually the same answer. So the the future of SEO is largely the same, and and what I mean by that is. People are always asking, like, what about the next thing? What about voice? What about AI? And let's take a step back and look at the, the basics of SEO. So if you look at the basics of SEO, it's primarily three things. So one thing is your website structure. So is it mobile friendly? Does it load quickly? Does it have good call to action? The second thing is content. Can you clearly communicate the value propositions of your product or service? And can you answer the problems that your consumers have? And the third thing is external credibility. So do other websites talk about your brand or link to your website? So if we go back in time and look at all the major algorithm updates that there's been over the years, so we think about Panda, which focuses on content, Penguin, which focuses on backlinks, 
we jump ahead to 2016 where it focused on mobile friendliness and then current algorithm updates with voice. All of those are the same three things that we just talked about. So Panda focused on content. Well, have good content. That's never changed and probably never will change. Penguin focused on backlinks. Have good external credibility. Quit having garbage external credibility. And then we talk about, you know, people said mobile get in in 2016. So the mobile algorithm update, same thing, good user experience, fast page load. So it's just that first issue of site structure. And then we talk about voice. So when we're talking about voice, like nobody's on their phone recording replies for voice. What's happening is Google is saying, what website do I trust the most that I can access the quickest? But it's getting, even though it's giving the reply in voice, it's getting the answer from words. It's still getting the answer from the same old traditional way of content. So I could be wrong. There may be something new in the future that doesn't exist yet, but anything that I can think of now still is going to solve a problem in those three areas, which is structure, content, and credibility. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, what do you think about uh, today? Uh, IE tools uh, must have or not, uh, we can avoid them or it's better to use them. Uh, does it help with automation? For example, uh, I usually use them. I love them because- uh, Use what? I, IE tools, artificial intelligence. Oh, AI tools, uh-huh. Yeah, AI tools. Uh, and uh, uh, from my experience, for example, when uh, I create content plan, even if I write blog posts, uh, anything else, you know, uh, I can use, uh, artificial intelligence because it helps me to structure content to save my time uh, by looking for keywords uh, to create in this structure and yeah it saves so much time you know with that what do you think about uh, today uh, do we need to use uh, AI tools or not uh, from your experience um, you don't need to um, but mm -hmm. I mean they're not good they're not bad um, I, I think if you use them you described it correctly use it for your drafts I hate AI tools right currently. I love the idea of them. I want to use them. And anytime I see a new one, I have my team go test them. But the problem mm -hmm. that I see with AI tools is that they're missing that human element. And so what happens mm -hmm. is anytime we've tested them, we spend the same or more time correcting it than if we just wrote it ourselves. <laughs> and so if, if you do it at scale, it depends on it depends on your industry and the quality you want. I mean, there's some industries where you can put up crappy content and you can rank mm -hmm. and people will buy your thing. That's not the type mm -hmm. of customer that I want to attract. So in my industry, quality beats quantity. And because mm -hmm. of that, AI is a handicap. It's a disadvantage, not an advantage. Now, I don't hopefully it's not always that way because I would love to use AI. But as the way it currently stands, it depends on how you want to represent your product. I mean, we've all seen those optimized websites to show up high and you start reading them and they sound weird, right? Mm -hmm. And and there's always a little bit of that. It's getting better, but the educated audience, they can see that. And so for me, the, the way that AI is currently available, um, that there's not a solution that I am a fan of. I like the idea, mm -hmm. um, but I'm not confident in the current options. Yeah, um, yeah, it takes time to edit. But yeah, I think it depends because from my experience, it saves 
so much time, you know, a lot of time, you know, when you create this content, of course, you need to provide new, fresh insights, some new information, but when you structure content, yeah, uh, probably it depends on the tools, but uh, I check out a few tools and some of them, yeah, provide good results. Uh, it doesn't provide, uh, you know, the final product, of course not. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's far away from yeah. that, but uh, it helps to craft this product to uh, take, no, to save some time uh, to create content. So I think, yeah, it depends on that. Uh, okay, uh, I want to ask uh, the question that uh, my customers, uh, you know, ask me about uh, finding the right uh, writers or copywriters who can create content. For example, some agencies usually tell clients, please create content. Uh, it's up to you. You need, uh, you are uh, qualified with that. Uh, for example, from my Ukrainian blog, usually digital marketers create content. Uh, I, uh, you know, I tried a few times to hire copywriters. They write nonsense, you know, it doesn't rank. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, uh, for example, when I tell clients please create uh, content according to this content plan and many mm -hmm. of them even big companies uh, you know uh, they have no experience with that they reply you know i need to develop and innovate my products i have no time to write content mm -hmm. can you decide this problem and you understand that it's a new process because it's not only uh, helping with promotion you need to find who can handle the process can you mm -hmm. share from your experience how to do it yeah yeah so when i first started my company um, we were one of the cheaper SEO agencies. And so mm -hmm. now, now we're the opposite. But when we first started, we didn't have copywriters on our team. And so we would, we would do what you said. We would say, hey, hey, client, content is important. You need to write it. But what you have to understand is they are running a business. And so they mm -hmm. can't take their time away. To, you, you can't give them another thing. They're already busy. So if you're going to ask your client to write the content, you, you better understand that you're not going to be successful. And then they're going to be mad at you because even mm -hmm. though you told them to write it, they hired you to solve the problem and you're, and you're not solving the problem. You're giving them a new problem. So then what we did is we started to say, okay, well, I will come up with, we'll do the research and come up with the topics and then give them to you. So it's easier. And then you write the content, but it's still the same problem they're not going to have more time to write it. So what, what we've done now for probably the last 10 years is we do everything. So we research the content strategy. We start with the keywords because you don't want to write SEO garbage. You need to figure out what types of problems you can solve and how you can attract the right buyers in the right content. And that starts with understanding which words you can make money with. So after you do your keyword research, then build out a content calendar around the keyword research. Now, once you do the content calendar, here's the trick. You are going to write it or your team is going to write it, but you need to get your client's approval. Because mm -hmm. if you don't share them the, cal the content calendar and you spend a bunch of time writing content, then and then you give it to the customer and they're going to say, where did this come from? Why are you writing about this? So you need to communicate in advance. And then that also gets them excited because now they're part of the process. And, but but then you're not waiting on them. It, instead of you asking them to write and it takes forever, you just give them an outline and it only takes a couple of minutes and then they can look at it. And so we create a content calendar that has six to 12 months worth of topics. So that way we only have to get approval once or twice a year and then we can write mm -hmm. the content. Then after we write the content, then we'll send the customer the drafts because the customers like to feel involved. And then what you can offer though, is you can say, hey customer, 
now that it's been two or three months, you see the quality of the content. Do you want us to just write it? Do we still need to bother you with the approvals? Usually they'll say, I now trust you because you've explained the process to me. I now have confidence in the process. Save me time and just do it on your own now. So if you want to get it done, you're going to have to do it yourself. So then the next thing that somebody usually asks is they say, well, well, I don't have time to write either, or I don't like writing. So then what you can do is, is you can hire somebody that does writing. You can hire a virtual assistant, or you can use websites like iWriter. So before we, before we hired our own copywriters, we used to use iWriter. It's just the letter I and then writer.com. And it's like an auction system. So you can go in there and you can say, I want a 500 word blog or a 750 word blog or a 2000 word blog. And then you can also choose the quality of the writer. I want a 4.5 out of five star writer, or I want a 4.9. And depending on the longer amount of words you need or the better quality writer, it will change the price. So you can balance your budget with your quality needs. And then it'll send you the preview. And if you don't like the article, you can decline it and it will immediately go back to the writers and then somebody else can write a draft. And they're never gonna be perfect, but they're gonna be really close. It's gonna be quick because there's a lot of writers that are on that website. So there's always a different way to help you have content written, whether you do it or outsource it. But I, th I think if you're gonna find success, your best chances of doing that is to minimize how much involvement your client has in actually writing the words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Valuable. Uh, okay. Uh, can you tell how to uh, measure the quality? For example, if I hired uh, a copywriter on iWriter with uh, five plus reviews, I don't know uh, exactly this rating, but uh, probably the best writer that I can find on iWriter. And how, for example, if uh, I read articles about digital marketing or SEO, I can understand it's nonsense or it's, it's great stuff but if i read articles about uh, special equipment you know or weight loss supplements it's probably not my direction how uh, and uh, i'm not sure it's a good idea to send to your uh, customer uh, who is uh, so busy you now uh, some nonsense uh, to get what do you think about this content uh, as you mentioned before that uh, it's better not to bother uh, clients they wanna uh, that uh, SEO agency will decide their problems uh, how to understand that the quality of this writing is good enough and much better than competitors have in the top 10 results well it's going to start with your keyword research because before mm -hmm. you give iWriter or any writer your topics you need to know why you're writing about it and so before you assign the topic, you have to do the research. So you have to be really confident in the topics first. Mm -hmm. Then after you understand the topics, um, iWriter will automatically run it through Copyscape. And so if you're not familiar with Copyscape, it's a tool that'll look for duplicate or non-original content. And so you can look that. Another thing you can do is just when you're previewing it, so iWriter will give you a preview. Until you pay for it, it won't let you download it, but it'll give you a preview of the writing. So look at it in one one screen and then open up a second screen and just type a couple of the sentences into google and see if it comes up somewhere else that way you're making sure that it's original content and, and you want to make sure that it doesn't show up that it's already been written so there's a couple things you can do for for quality control but i think the biggest one is understanding what you're writing about and why before you write it then after you read it does it make sense does it solve a problem or is it just a whole bunch of words just 
for SEO keywords. So this goes back to what I was saying in the beginning about quality. It's, it's more important to solve a problem than have like this long article just because you think you need 2,000 words. If you can solve a problem in 800 words, then solve the problem. But if you, if you can do it in 800 words, but you're telling yourself you need 2,000 words, well, now you're going to write 1,200 words of garbage. You're going to make it worse by making it longer. So better, so understand why you're writing about it. Now, if you want a technical answer, then I'll give you a technical answer too. There's, a, there's another tool that you can use. It's called TFIDF. It stands for Term Frequency Inverse Document Frequency. Basically, what that means is the TF means words. How many times are words said? Inverse document frequency is basically saying reverse engineer what the competition is doing. So what TFIDF means, when you run that report, it will go to Google and it'll see who is ranking for the words that you told it to check. So you type in a keyword, it goes and it says, here are the top 10 websites that rank for that word. And here's how long their pieces of content on the page that ranks is. And so it might tell you, you know, one, one out of 10 results has 800 words and they say the keyword three times. But then the other guy has 3,000 words and they say the keyword 97 times. And it's going to average them. So you could use that as a tool to make some educated guesses or assumptions that say, well, on average, the websites that rank for the word that I want to rank have content in this structure with this format with this length. And you could use that as a, a as a outline to assume how you should build your content structure. I would focus on solving problems first, but then if you want to go technical after that, then maybe see if you can extend your content, but only extend your content if you can continue to add value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Yeah, I need to consider I rather because yeah, I used this tool uh, a few years ago. Then we decided to jump with uh, Upwork to find writers there. We usually use LinkedIn uh, networking, you know, to ask for uh, searching for writers. But I need yeah, <laughs> to yeah. check out a writer. With iWriter, you can save the writers too. So you know, some of these other websites, if you get somebody that writes a good piece of content, and then you put in a new topic, then you get a different writer, and so you don't mm -hmm. get the same writer with the good quality. But in iWriter, you can save the writers and then ask them first. And you can say, you know, you did that other piece last week. It was great. Would you be interested in this other piece? They may say no, but at least that way you can basically save a list of good writers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Thanks for these tips. Okay, uh, let's talk about link building. Um, can you share uh, your loving strategies? Uh, because, you know, uh, I often see when some agencies use strategies where they have strong positions or good skills, uh, experience. Some of them uh, are good with PR, others with skyscraper technique, guest posting. It depends. Uh, uh, what your loving strategies? Or you can choose uh, personalized strategies for different clients. Yeah, it'll vary by client, but most of our clients, we don't prioritize link building. Um, mm -hmm. the, the reason why, you know, link building is important. So for those that aren't familiar, it's link, link, links and backlinks are when another website hyperlinks to yours. And each of those links counts as a signal to Google that that is a valuable website. Now, the problem with links is if, if you're too aggressive, then you can get a penalty. And so usually what we do for our clients is we try to attract links through good content. So we've talked a lot about content and how you create valuable content. If you create valuable enough content, it will attract people sharing it and you get links naturally. 
That's the best way. That's the cleanest way. But it's also one of the slower ways. And so when you look at links, you basically have links that are faster, but they cost a lot of money. Or you have links that are better quality, but they take forever. There's not really a good way to get good quality links fast. So you're, you're mm -hmm. usually deciding. So it depends. Um, what we usually do for our clients is we focus on content first and quality first. And then after a year, if usually we can see very clearly if they're making progress. And if there's a big gap and they're not as they're not progressing as much as we would like them to be, then we'll consider links. But we don't prioritize links in the beginning. So the only time we consider links is, is there's two times. One is if all the other things are not working. Two is if the client knows about backlinks and they just ask us. Like we have one client who says, hey, here's $5,000 a month, put it on just backlinks. So if they understand the risk and the reward and they ask us, then we'll consider more aggressive strategies, but we don't usually recommend being aggressive with backlinks first. So, okay, so that's my reply. Now that didn't really answer the question though on, on what, what options you have. So there's a couple different options. They all have advantages and disadvantages. So there's ways that you can get higher quantity of links faster. But they're usually lower quality. Mm -hmm. so I would only do that if you're in a non-competitive space and you don't really need a lot of links because if you create too many, then you're gonna end up getting penalized. Then there's the other option, which is, you know, brokering links or buying links there's there's a bunch of websites where it's like an auction and you can go in there and you can pick the industry or you can pick the budget and and then you can decide if you want to exchange money for a link now that is against google's guidelines in their guidelines it says don't buy links it's going to depend on the links that you buy if they're able to detect or not if you go buy links from websites that just constantly sell links eventually the value of that website is going to become so bad that Google will identify it and you can get penalized. So it, it's, there, there's no clear answer. It's just, do you want to earn links on your own slowly, but they're higher quality with no risk? Or do you want to buy or spam links that are low quality, but they're faster, but eventually you could get penalized? Hmm. Interesting. You know, from my experience, I often uh, meet two types. Uh, of link building specialists, you know, uh, the first uh, specialists usually uh, use Black Hat SEO, you know, uh, they mm -hmm. use PBN, private block networks, automation, and they are good with uh, some okay. niches, you know, yeah, uh, I don't know how they create these links, uh, probably, yeah, uh, a lot of stuff online. You can mm -hmm. read about that, but uh, and uh, the second uh, specialist they usually use white hat SEO, you know, outreach. Yeah, it's hard to create uh, many links, backlinks, but mm -hmm. uh, today it's more about, uh, important to have quality than quantity. Yeah, even for Google, yeah. you know, when you uh, build your company, yeah, outreach is a good opportunity where you reach out to people and compliment the content and ask if you can add more to it and get a link but it's time consuming so you either need to decide if you're going to spend your time doing these things or if you're going to pay somebody so it's either a lot of your time or a lot of your money mm -hmm. yeah 
what do you think about your money, your life? You know, uh, uh, let me share the example. For example, uh, I have a client in uh, finance field, uh, Forex, uh, crypto, binary options, many other stuff, trading, investing. And uh, uh, his website was hit uh, by your money, your life. Mm -hmm. He lost all traffic. And mm -hmm. uh, so we, we, we are trying to decide this problem, you know, to uh, provide more trust, authority to his mm -hmm. resource. And I found for that uh, he, his competitors uh, uh, have links from Forbes, uh, uh, Trustpilot, many other uh, popular mm -hmm. famous websites. All of them are no follow, but uh, uh, they have it. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you think about uh, your money, your life? Uh, if you are talking about medical field or finance, uh, how to overcome these filters? Uh, um, is it a good idea to uh, use PR campaigns and create no follow links like from Forbes and big websites? Uh, or it's better to find another way? What do you think about that? Well, look at how you asked that question, though. You basically asked, how can I cheat? Right. You basically mm -hmm. asked, what is the fastest way I can do this? And that's why the your money, your life industry always gets penalized because mm -hmm. they, because there's so much profit that that is in that industry that people are trying to do whatever they can as quickly as possible to get that money. Mm -hmm. But would you rather would you rather have the, the cheating answer that works very quickly, but only lasts a year? Or would you rather have the slow answer? that takes three years, but you never get penalized. Mm -hmm. For me, I always pick the right answer that takes longer. Of course, I want money faster. Of course, I want results faster. But I'd rather have longer results than short-term results. So those whole industries like health and finance and investing and real estate, those are where all the spam is. And that's why all those industries continue to get penalized. And the ones that aren't getting penalized or the ones that are slowly improving are the ones that are solving problems. And so it goes back to what we've been talking about on this whole call is stop putting yourself first, put your customers first, solve their problems. Mm -hmm. It may take longer, but it's going to last longer. And so I would, I would stop looking for these shortcuts and I would, mm -hmm. I would, I would take a step back and go, what problems can I really solve? What do I do better than the competition and focus on that? So I would, I would, I don't know. I hate that whole idea. I hate that whole idea of how do I get there faster? Um, I'm always, I'm always a fan of delayed gratification. And if it takes longer, then that's fine because it, it lasts longer and I can sleep more comfortably at night. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, completely. Uh, uh, because, yeah, I think quick results don't exist. You know, <laughs> when websites mm -hmm. are looking for getting quick results, they usually fail because uh, uh, when they build high expectations, you know, I can earn for a few months. But, you know, many companies uh, uh, have been building their brands for years, you know, many years uh, by sharing value, helping others, supporting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, and uh, that we, uh, and we are trying to help, you know, uh, with this website because that was uh, hit by your money, your life. So uh, we are um, recreating content. Mm -hmm. Have them focus ahead. on building a brand and trust. Like, like I was saying earlier, I don't want to rank for the word SEO, um, mm -hmm. but th there are a lot of SEO companies that rank higher than mine. Mm -hmm. but my company is probably more successful. And so which do you want? Do you want to, do you want to show up higher for things that you can't 
really monetize or are problem customers or do you not want to show up higher but focus on things that you can help with and make more money doing it so like focus on building a brand like focus on building um you know your expertise like just like you say and you see me all over on linkedin because that works really well for me and i enjoy doing that mm -hmm. so focus on where you can get the most value for your for yourself but also for your customers how can you help more people and then the rest kind of solves itself. Like you then show up higher for the things that you can help people with and that you can make money and that you enjoy. And so if you focus on solving problems first and how you can help customers, but the things you enjoy, then it just kind of solves all the rest on its own. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, I often see your content on LinkedIn. You love sharing stories, and uh, I know your uh, strategy. Uh, word of mouth, if I remember correctly, I found a few uh, of your posts that you get clients by uh, word of mouth. I think it's the best strategy ever, you know, because uh, customers can recommend to other people uh, your service. Yeah, nice, nice. Okay. Uh, thanks a lot for your time, Damon. It's a big pleasure to get in my show. Uh, tell how people can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, I know about LinkedIn. Yeah. Just tell <laughs> about other social media. <laughs> yeah, I'm most active on LinkedIn. I'm not really on a lot of other places. So you can go to LinkedIn. Or if you want to learn more about this and some of the stories I shared, I wrote a book called Outrank. Um, you can get a free copy. It's at freeseobook.com. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Yeah, it's a big pleasure to learn more about you. Finally meet you because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, uh, I can feel that I know you because I often check out your post. But yeah. uh, right now, yeah, we can build our relationships to have this nice conversation. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate the invite, Anatoly. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.